Hello and welcome everybody to the Melomancy Podcast, episode 70. My name is Dylan, I'm joined by... Victim. And I am Rick. Victim, coming to you live from the land of Hyrule, where he has not been found... Uh, wait. I wanted to... That's not a right joke. You've been missing in action, as it were. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. So you've been playing a shitload of Zelda, Vic. <laughs> yes, yes, I have. How is it? Um, Give it to me straight. Is it good? It's it's very good. Uh, I like anything. I, I can't just enjoy it. <laughs> I definitely have some some gripes with the game that I, I kind of wish they didn't do. But at the same time, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those games that is like, here's a bunch of shit. We don't actually have a goal in mind. Eventually, you'll beat the boss and you'll win the game and you'll get the story, which the story is really good this time. It's, it's a lot more. It, it's It's pretty good. Um, but ultimately how you get to, uh, I guess how you get from A to B is entirely up to you. They don't even pretend like there's a right way to do it. And I think that that lends itself really well to open world games. I guess it's one of those ones where, like, you're not going to get that out of a Ubisoft open world game. You're not going to get that out of, uh, you know, one of the new Assassin's Creeds or, or right. not, not even Cyberpunk or... had that like Cyberpunk like rewarded you for exploring, but there was still like a ping on your map that you had to go to. Right. Yeah, there, there's a lot of I would say Cyberpunk's a little better, but for the most part, you're just picking which path you're taking. Right. Mm -hmm. Zelda is literally here's the web that is the world. Do what you want and have fun. Yeah, the only thing I've heard about it so far is it looks like the same game as the last one, except people are making, uh, like, vehicles, and they're doing irresponsible things with them, uh, which is not something you could do in the previous game. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. No, and actually, uh, you know, unlike some games we talk about on here, all three of us have played this game. Well, the previous game, sorry. We haven't played this game. So we have a basis to, like, build up on to be like... You know, why this is a 6 out of 10 game. I mean, <laughs> I only played, like, the first, like, few minutes of the previous game, but I did watch my brother-in-law uh, come over and play my Switch, because he's a huge fan and doesn't have a Switch. But he has money. Not Switch-buying money, but game-buying money. So he bought a copy of the game, and he played it at my house. He's going to do the same for the new one, uh, starting uh this weekend so i'm looking forward to that <laughs> yeah it it genuinely is really good i it i was really worried I, I mean, i've talked about this at length and this is probably sacrilege to some people but i was worried that genshin was somehow going to be better and i didn't want that i didn't want that at all that actually was like a weird fear that lingered in me for like since i started playing genshin i was like you know, this game's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. I really hope that the sequel to Breath of the Wild is not worse than this somehow. That's pretty funny, because there's a lot of people who, to this day, swear that Genshin is not a good game, but they love Zelda Breath of the Wild, and I'm like, what are you smoking? You should like this game. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I totally understand the criticism of like the gotcha angle, but like just purely as a game, yeah, I mean, I, it literally does Breath of the Wild... Uh, I think it is the casual side of Breath of the Wild better than Breath of the Wild. Obviously, still great. Well, that and like there's more combat depth and things like that. Like a lot of people point out, like you know, shield surfing and the crazy parkour trick shot shit you can do in you know Breath of the Wild. You, you can't do that in Genshin, obviously. But ninety percent of players weren't doing that in Breath of the Wild either. Well, they're two different styles of game, in my opinion. 
Genshin is an RPG first, where Zelda is yeah. an action adventure first. It, yes, exactly. That's a good way to put it. Hmm. Yeah. There, so combat, like, and not no shade on Genshin, because like you can punch above your weight if you're good at combat, but there's always like an upper cap. Where in Zelda, like you could just yeah. style on stuff with sticks if you got enough sticks. <laughs> That's true too. Yeah. Fuck. Uh... Point Crow, I think, I don't remember if we talked about him getting axed by Nintendo right before Tears of the Kingdom came out, but uh, he actually did a playthrough uh, Breath of the Wild where he beat it with only sticks. I'm surprised he had enough sticks. <laughs> he, he was, <laughs> it was one of those moments where, like, it wasn't a question of whether or not, like, he could do the damage, it was whether or not he could carry enough sticks to have enough durability. Yeah, that's what I'm really shocked about, like, <laughs> yeah. how could you, but anyways... Um, yeah, Dylan asked us, uh, you know, what happened to him? So, what happened? He posted modded content, uh, Breath of the Wild. Oh, which... rip. That's all, that's all it's going to take. Well, it's funny, too, because he actually outlined it pretty well in his video. There's there's technically nothing wrong with what he posted under their, like, guidelines. It's all, it's, no, let's be real. It's obvious Nintendo isn't going to like that shit. I think we all can agree with that. Well, Nintendo doesn't like that, and you can't be a like a content uh, creator under Nintendo's like wing without knowing that. Yeah. I don't like that. And in all fairness, he also was entirely chill with taking the videos down. If I remember correctly, he was just annoyed about like the way that they decided to go about it, the, the strikes and the fact that they're not willing to communicate or anything like that. And he also conceded on it for the record. I think he also released a video where he's like, you know what guys, I'm just going to concede for the most part. It's like, it's not worth fighting it in court. It's not worth fighting it in the public eye. Everyone already knows Nintendo's shit. Like we're, we, we, we literally play their games because they're good, not because we like the company <laughs> most times, right? So it's like, yeah, I get it. But yeah, he, he ah, fuck, it wasn't just him, though. Like, I, I think somewhere in the range of like 100 creators that had like even non-modded content, but mm-hmm. content that could be perceived as modded if you didn't like look further deeper than the title of the video or whatever, got axed as well, so... Just, you know, Nintendo firing into the fucking dark. I feel bad for Nintendo fans a lot, because it's like, I feel like, on a oh, whole... Oh, it's, it's Stockholm they're, Syndrome. They're waking up. Like, more and more people are waking up, and they're like, yeah, Nintendo's shit, but I'm still gonna play this game. And it's like, yeah, that sucks to be you, dude. But, like, modding Nintendo... Or not modding, but, like, emulating Nintendo games is easier than ever. Recently, Valve had to take down one of their... uh uh, Steam Deck advertisements because it showed a Nintendo Switch emulator on the freaking taskbar. That's beautiful. Because, I mean, who if you have if you have a Steam Deck, that's like the obvious thing to emulate because of the the form factor of the Steam Deck, right? It's like, oh yeah, I'll yeah. be playing Nintendo Switch games on it. Like, I have a hacked Vita, right? And well, I'm not even gonna attempt to emulate a Switch game on a vita just because it's so old that i don't think it'll do it um i typically stick to the like the ps1 era and below um to great success i might add but um it just doesn't have the right amount of buttons with the steam deck it's like it's such an obvious fit it's like oh yeah perfect emulate them all (laughs) all games belong to you I, i think it's one of those moments where i think nintendo should lean into that shit more i was actually talking about this on stream I don't know why in the world where Sony and Microsoft are both trying to push their games to PC more and more that, uh, I mean, aside from the fact that Bloodborne is on PC yet, but I mean, we, <laughs> fuck you, Sony. Anyways, um, but 
Yeah, Nintendo should start doing that, I think. I think it mm-hmm. would alleviate... Like, I think, honestly, I, I know this is maybe is like a bit too naive, maybe, but I think a lot of people would buy Nintendo games rather than emulate them if they just could. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's people with first-generation Switches that just can't play Breath of the Wild. They can't play Tears of the Kingdom, too, I assume. Um, because they bought it too early, and the Switch is a... Honestly, it, it's, it was old when they built it. So. Yeah. Sucks to be those people. Uh, <laughs> but your Switch is holding up just fine, Vic? Yeah, surprisingly. I mean, there's some frame drops when you're doing things, but uh, I found out why. Apparently, every item can, keeps its own memory individually, even if you connect it to something. So every single moving part in the game has a, like, I think it's like somewhere in the range of like a 15-second memory of like where it was and where it traveled to. Which is insane. Uh, me and GTA did a little bit of testing, and it, it, some of the stuff that you can do, like you can attach an object to something after moving it around. You can then move that other object and re, then recall the, the singular part you moved, and the whole thing goes with it. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of the uh, people getting their save files corrupted on their original Xboxes for Morrowind, having too many doors open. Yes. <laughs> that is, that is uh, it, without the corruption side, yes, that is pretty much what's happening. <laughs> I'm glad your Switch is mostly up to snuff for, for the game because I am really looking forward to you playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3 uh, because it's the closest thing I'm going to get from playing it again for the first time. Yeah. And I've been really nostalgic for Xenoblade lately because uh, the DLC came out about just before Tears of the Kingdom came out. Yeah. So I had, um, was it last week? Is this my first week back? Uh, this week yes. has been this week last at work week has you been were on. yeah last week I was on vacation but I tell you what this week has been a long year but <laughs> uh, <laughs> last week I was on vacation and the first thing I did was beat Xenoblade Chronicles three I was like I got the time I've got the motivation it's happening and I fucking did and you know what I don't regret it as uh, the DLC was really good I won't spoil nothing for you Vic but like you know how in Xenoblade Chronicles two the final DLC was like its own game. It's like a sub game that was like yeah. way shorter, but like you still go from level one to, well, if you want all the way to 99, right? And there are super bosses if you really want to go to 99, but like leveling is a lot faster. It's a shorter game, but it's still like, it almost stands on its own as it's like you own like complete experience, right? That was Torn yeah. of the Golden Country. That they, I think they did a pretty good job of that. And what was cool about Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was you could sort of play them in either order like that was intentional that was cool right uh with this one you can't you must beat the base game first which is unfortunate because the base game is long and the dlc is very good uh but the base game is also very good um but like as you have probably heard the base game is a bit of a downer it's a bit of a tearjerker it's pretty sad at times and it it's fine my camera will mysteriously die (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure i mean it picks up it has highs and lows it's a bit of a roller coaster right it's a long story you expect that but like Hmm. the 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 big bright hopeful xenoblade optimism is alive and well in future redeemed like it's right there in the title like and it's so good it's got that it's got that like brisk optimism that was missing from the final moments of the original game, I think. That's good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, even in like uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, it hits a down right before the cli- the up of the climax, too, where it's like, like it's also, been long enough since Xenoblade Chronicles 2, <laughs> we can talk about it, right? 
Yeah. Also, I guess I, obligatory. We may randomly toss a spoilers moment, but yeah. Yeah. Speaking okay. of spoilers, like, I mean, I won't tell you why it's a spoiler or how it's a spoiler, but towards the end of that DLC, fucking Xenogears fucking confirmed canon, like directly mentioned. It was great. Wait, they really were ballsy enough to do that? Yes, what, they does were. Cosmo come in oh, and fuck. save the day? No, Xenogears, not Saga. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, yeah. they name dropped the Philadelphia class cruisers that were present in the fucking Dude, game. we need to get GTA to play it and not even tell them why. Dude. Oh my god. I mean, yeah. Xenogears is now canon to Xenoblade um, directly. It is which fucking, is fucking double great. middle fingered to, to Square Enix, told them to go fuck themselves. Yeah. Like, I was so excited to hear all of that. I was I was just on the edge of my seat. It was excellent. G- genuinely one of those RPGs that the, the, the moment I beat it, it was the moment that it instantly was like, okay, I felt like I felt like I played this 10 years ago, 20 years ago immediately, which it was. It's a weird feeling going back through all these old games. It, it is a very weird feeling to have like uh, instant uh-huh. nostalgia for something. Yeah, like I have um, Xenogears on my Vita right now. Like it's a it's a ROM hack. It's, it's Xenogears 2.0. It's just got a, a, a few fixes. It doesn't change the narrative or anything, and it doesn't uh, attempt uh, yeah. to write a better ending. It's still the same story I viewers tell me i should do that instead but i was like nah we're gonna we're, we're just gonna play the original yeah. apparently there's things like uh, the defense buffs never worked they actually didn't do anything um there's, there's a lot of like different like buffing and attack moves that just straight up didn't do what they said it, it, it was plagued with development issues from what i was told i mean the entire second disc is mostly a fucking wall of text um mixed with like some boss battles like thrown in and so it's like yeah, they had a lot of development issues. Uh, that's why I think a lot of people wanted a remake, even if it's probably not possible at this point. It honestly probably deserves one more than uh, Final Fantasy VII did. Final Fantasy VII was a great game on its own. So, yeah. And do, do you remember in Final Fantasy VII there was like a reference to Xenogears? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it was because it was in development at the same time and then released at the same time as eight. I think, if I remember correctly, or like somewhere near eight, anyways. Just fucking full circle. You love to see it. Yeah. But I, I anyways, chill DR though. Like, I'm super excited for you to play Zimbabwe Chronicles 3 just because, like, I really love the base game. And also, going back all these months later after beating it, because I, I got it when it came out. I beat it right away, right? I prioritized it. It was really important to me. And I loved it. And then all these months later, I, I didn't go back for any of the, the, the small DLCs because they, they add a little bit here and there, just like they did with two. Uh, but I didn't go back for those. Um, I, I played the DLC, and then the DLC inspired me to go take a look at my save file on the original game, and like, I was like immediately like floored with, oh, I remember all of this. I remember this party. <laughs> I remember all these things I forgot to do. Did you go do them? No. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I felt like it. I was I was moved to my core, and I I it was such a great experience. Like. Yeah, sure. The new Zelda's out, but I'm not a Zelda fan. Like, I think if I was going to plug my Switch back in, I'd probably just replay Xenoblade. <laughs> that's fair. Is what it is. You can play any game you want, right? Like, that's the beauty of it. Like, we don't have to fall into the uh, AAA trap. Yeah, yeah, AAA games are having a hard time right now. They are. Uh, well, I mean, I think it's because they kind of capped out. Um, and I don't mean just with the open world sandbox thing, because that everything is turning into no shade at all the open world games that we like but for every elden ring and tears of the kingdom or even breath of the wild um 
Well, there There's are, another Horizon uh, Zero Dawn. Yeah, well, Forbidden Bid West, several. thank you. <laughs> uh, Zero Forbidden West is... Look, actually, Ragnarok is one that I can pick on for this, because oh, uh, yeah, Dylan yeah. can kind of back me up here, having played it. The Somehow, this technically astounding game, this game with, you know, this... You know, millions of dollars in voice acting and, you know, ev- art assets, everything that they could throw out the wall. Yet they found a way to make it tedious. As though they were justifying it by adding, you know, hours of just going from point A to point B, not advancing the story. Not even giving you cool, like, side things to the story, even. Seriously. Yeah. It was mid. So mid. Like, and it's a shame... I think- I, I think it's 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 something that um, Tears of the Kingdom I think highlights quite well is that if you want to add in like tedium and you want to add like so for instance the the tedium of uh, Tears of the Kingdom is there's just straight up less um, shrines so less teleport points uh, you know whatever right uh, getting to the sky is not easy you can't just fly up there whenever you want uh, you know shit like that. But what they did instead is they're like, okay, but here's a wide array of things you can just throw together and it'll do things based on the physics engine. Figure it out. If I wanted to build a fucking a fucking jet airplane to fucking fly around Hyrule and I put the time in to do it, I can. It's like, I, I get to create my fast travel. I get to create my ease of use. And I get to determine when, you know, holding the sprint button for 30 fucking minutes straight is enough. You know, it's like I get to decide that the game doesn't decide it for me. Well, right. You because like one of the things that I was like, why do they still have horses when I can fly? Because it's easy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, and actually horses are fine. Like they want they're like, well, we don't have to take horses away. So we didn't. And at this point, everybody wants a pet opponent. Let's be real. Yeah, um, but that's a uh, that's something to look at, like how Tears of the Kingdom got it right, where other games who have you know ostensibly more content, quote unquote, fail uh, or better looking content, like you know, Breath of the Wild looks the same. So if you know as um, Tears of the Kingdom, so if you didn't like that art style for whatever reason, um, it, it's not. Like, but like, it's not for you, I guess. But like, nonetheless, uh, you can look at all war. of these. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that that shit. Yeah. We'll come back to that in just a moment because yeah, yeah. uh, we can throw shade at that asshole. So the, but like, you've got all these games that look brilliant. In fact, you know, we've lived through the renaissance that was, you know, Xbox, PlayStation Two, GameCube, and their derivatives. Um after that where we you know where we have these games and the further chase for realistic graphics or whatever to the point where that is like the deciding factor where you can play a triple a game or not is can you run the graphics yeah and the answer is becoming increasingly no because not everybody has the money to throw down for a 4000 series um yeah. graphics card or whatever i think i saw a screenshot not too long ago of someone uh, on an xbox so like yeah, i filled up my entire storage with two games and it was like call of duty and i tried the other one but it was like significantly less but it was still like 100 gigs oh, oh yeah. I, think it was, I think it was destiny 2 it was. i believe it i mean destiny yeah. 2 has a lot of content it is 
it's a pretty game, but it's definitely not a realistic looking game. But yeah. you, but the games that hold up better over time typically aren't the ones that are aiming for realistic graphics. Yeah, I actually mentioned this the other night too uh, on stream. It's like you can look at this and you can you can pick out things that they clearly you know were uh, shortcuts that they took. Like the anti-aliasing sucks ass on like certain objects in certain areas, right? It's like it's 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 hard on the eyes. It really is. Uh, and Tears of the Kingdom, I guess, for context. Um, but if you look at like the character models, they all look great. You look at the fucking backdrops and like the lighting; it's all great. It it looks good. I can it suffer all fits through the style. Anti-aliasing problems for the fact that that whole world you will not find a single loading screen outside of loading up the game. Yeah, that or like going into the the, the shrines, I guess. But like oh. everything else is seamless. Yeah. Now, like from the top of the sky to the lowest point of Hyrule or under Hyrule, I guess you will not have a loading screen, and that's impressive. To yeah, they, they actually have a point. I won't spoil this for anybody, but they actually have a point where you go straight from the sky through the middle of a, a thing, and then it's straight to the bottom of the fucking world. That's like the I mean, if, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, I was gonna say if you had did that, Dream On start playing when you had to do it? I fucking wish. <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand that laughing. meme. Like, someone dubbed over a God of War two commercial with Dream On, the part and, where he yeah. throws himself from the cliff. But like, that was never in the game. It wasn't in the new one. It hasn't been in any of the God of War games. But for some reason, it's the God of War song. And it's like, why do they? Why does that get to be the God of War song when it was a fucking meme? And yeah, it's I not don't even get it. I don't get it. Um, and this maybe, is from one of the good God of Wars. Did they yeah. meme the God of War soundtrack into best soundtrack of the Game Awards because they thought Dream On was on it? Like, I don't know. Oh, well, it's, it's so, so speaking of God of War and Zelda, we do need to pick a you know pick on somebody you know this uh, yeah. small time art asset creator and David Jaff man. He mm -hmm. he already pissed me off too. So I mentioned Bloodborne earlier, and the reason why that's fresh in the memory is because there's been, you know, recent, I say recent, like, layers and every other week a fucking new leak about Bloodborne coming. But um, he decided to, to say some shit in an interview, or a podcast, I think it was actually, and it, and it leaked out. Uh, I think it was like a members-only podcast or some shit. And so they fucking, they decide, he, you know, people decide to frame it, like, oh my god, this industry insider, because... Let's be real. He, he, whether or not he wants to admit it or not, he is. He worked in the industry, and he no longer does. He probably still knows people. That's that's how that works. Um, so everyone's like, oh, my God. Wait, is this finally it? We're finally getting Bloodborne? And then he comes out, and he's like, oh, oh my God, guys, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to say that. No, I just meant to say that, like, industry, uh, like, journalists and stuff have talked about it. And I'm like, how does that change? How does that, how does that debunk anything you said, first off? So he's walking it back, and he's trying to like. It's one of those. I'm like, this is just a cop out. Like whether or not it's true, for the record, that that's whatever. Well, well, when it when it show, when I see the trailer, I will believe it. Um, but it's just one of those moments where like he already pissed me off with that. It's like okay, so this guy's already a fucking crackpot. And then he fucking turns around and posts an image of Breath of the Wild hyper realistic and said. I forget how the fucking tweet went, but it was something along the lines of like, I really wish the game looked like this or some shit. Oh, it's even no. worse, Vic. He he yeah. said, I, I asked the AI to fix it. And they did. Oh, that's yeah. what it was. Don't, yeah. here, I can read it. I pulled it up. Uh, David <laughs> Jeff. David Jeff, or fucking however you pronounce his name. I've never heard of him before. That's it's how Jaffy. important. Jaffy, whatever. It's Jiff. David Jiff. There we go. <laughs> Don't worry, fellas. I had AI fix it. Now we're talking. 
someone should send this to the folks at Nintendo and show them how to do their art next time. And oh my god, and the worst part is if you go through the fucking the the thread, it, it's literally one of those moments of like people are clearly you know angry with his take, uh, maybe too much so in some cases really, but you know and but so they're complaining and telling him that he's wrong and all this other stuff, and he's literally just going back through and doing that thing that I see. I, I feel like I see it from every old person that slightly knows how to use the internet, where they just hit back with like really horrible, sarcastic, like yeah, man, I agree. It's like <laughs> come on, man. He might as well just say, I was trolling the whole time, guys. It's just a joke. Yeah, he might as well. Well, at least he could have said that and then left it alone. Don't worry, guys. He's just pretending to be stupid. Yeah, he could have, like, there are some instances when it's just a prank, bro, is actually a viable shield. This is one of them. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve criticism. Don't get me wrong. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. But, like... That would be like a, I'm just joshing with you guys or fucking whatever. Like, obviously, Nintendo knows what they're doing. Like, they make more money than I do because I don't work with, for God of War anymore or it's okay. you know, Sony or so any of those other we, companies. We shouldn't judge someone's career and body of work based on one bad take after their career is over. So allow me to tell you what he's done wrong during his career. <laughs> so... so yeah. Oh, lay it on Mr. Me. Jaffe uh, created a very beloved series called Twisted Metal, very near and dear to my oh, heart. Oh, fuck. I forgot so, that he... Yes. But he only did the first Unlock two. Unlock the memory. Right. He did the first two, and they sold it off, and then it got sold off again, and it was made better. Right? Yeah. But, like, um, this is an example of failing upwards, because, like, the original game was supposed to be called High Octane. There was a copyright problem. They had to change the name to Twisted Metal. And so you may remember the ending cutscenes in... Twisted Metal 1 were just text scrolls uh, yes. across uh, a live-action Calypso's burnt face. But, like, you can find it on YouTube. High Octane, the original name of the game, had a bunch of live-action cutscenes that weren't in the game because they say High Octane, they couldn't dub it over. They couldn't figure it out, right? It's like, that would have been so cool to see. But, you know, Twisted Metal 2 came out and it was all better. Uh, but, like, failing upwards, I swear. Like, Yeah, man, ADR is just so fucking hard to do. I understand why he had to cut it out for just still images <laughs> and text it scrolls. It was the 90s. It, half the characters Gee. had their face covered, and the, the, the resolution on the cutscenes are so bad, like, you wouldn't even be able to tell. Yeah, it's, it's one of those moments where, like, um, you can really point back to some of that old shit, like, uh, like some of the older Mortal Kombat's even, where, like, they just infinitely do that shit better, and were ultimately, I think in some cases, older games. So this man literally took the lazy route. <laughs> Fucking goddamn it! And then God of War, he only made the first one. Oh yeah, it, yeah he yeah. wasn't even like in this is. Well, he was on the team. Uh, the the original guy. He will be Jiffy for me now on. Dipped, I think after three. I want to say, I think it was. I don't know. And that's why they were doing spinoffs rather than sequels at that point. Mm-hmm. But it, either way. So this man's career is functionally over. He's just a, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he announces that he has a book coming out after this, you know, because you got to be relevant right before your book drops if you've got a book drop. Mm-hmm. Yep. And knowing him, it would probably be some bullshit about Gamergate for all we know. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> what a bore. <laughs> uh, something something that doesn't matter. Um, yeah. No, mm-hmm. I honestly, though, like when we think about like games that have stuck with us, Generally speaking, like at least in my experience, and maybe you know yours might differ, but it was never the games that were chasing the realistic graphics. It was the games that were fun. It had a lot of replayability. Right. Uh, 
like and don't get me wrong some of them were chasing their equivalency of realistic graphics but they could only push it so far and you know they have an entire genre of shooter after them say boomer shooter if you will mm-hmm. um so that's yeah i had the reverse journey to the boomer sh- shooter genre right like i started out the first doom game i played was actually doom 3 i know that sounds like sacrilege i went back that and was my first all. don't worry but like i had an xbox and it came out and it was fun right it, it was fun to be scared. I, I loved how the jump scares were in there. And it was also fun to play because once you get all the guns, you're like a badass. And everyone forgets that in Doom 3, you become strong and they fear you. Like, it's it feels like the new ones, right? Yeah, I kind of wonder what happened to Doom 3 Marine because it is canon. <laughs> right. Um, he just... Oh, actually, they may have covered it in one of the DLCs because he does actually go live in hell, doesn't he? by the end it's of the DLC. Super com- it's super complicated. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is, is that Doom 3 was totally fine, and I liked it a lot, and I went back and played the others, and I'm obsessed now. But, like, I I also, you know, was, when I was young, I would chase those, like, realistic graphics, and I was super impressed by all the tech demos when the PS3 was coming out. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> I'll let it that out. I'm, like, eating food in the background here. It's fine. <clears throat> what was I saying? So... I, when I was a young, you know, strapping lad, I was also impressed by the PS3 era tech demos and all the realistic shit that was coming out. But like, it's only in hindsight do I realize it was just a bunch of brown washed fucking dusty little shooter scapes. Like, oh, yeah. If you you look at the colors without shooter. Well, like, if anything, like Uncharted is a good example. The thing that holds Uncharted games back is their shooting actually as a platforming puzzle like uh kind of narrative story it's a great game story game whatever you know it keeps you going but like the combat is pretty fucking mid in that game it's a bunch of chest high walls mm-hmm. without any chainsaw bayonets so there's no none of that cool side uh breakup yeah and in the original resistance fall of man the first resistance game right um really cool concept man versus alien asymmetrical pvp the works right um the single player campaign though like it was a disguised hallway just like fucking god of war ragnarok where you look to your left and right and it's like ah a hill that is just too slopey to climb right actually with uh that game you know what it felt like to me it felt like knockoff half-life 2 they even had a ravenholm style area oh, yes god. this it is was, true it was world war Two chasing half-life 2 because half-life 2 was the most recent popular shooter at that point uh Mm. well i guess not no that resistance is ps3 no yeah no this was before call of duty took off wasn't it right like before uh, call of duty but it was after halo yeah so yeah because it wouldn't have been until COD 4 that it really blew up which is why it was sci-fi because halo right yeah it was sci-fi because Halo, but World War II hadn't quite been finished yet, and making somebody other than the Germans the bad guy was uh, different enough. Right, and I bring it up because like, I remember watching the trailers and being super excited for it and thinking it was like, wow, this really is a next-generation thing. This is not, the PS2 could not do this. I mean, sure, that's true. PS2 could not do that. But like, the level's design wasn't very good, and th- it, the whole like game... Looked like it had like a filter over it that made everything bright. And it wasn't just my brightness being too high. Like it just everything looked kind of washed out. The colors, yeah. you know, it, it was can gross. We make it bright, but also very gray at the same time. 
it's like it's so dreary and then the second game like same idea but the filter is now like a dark orange which i guess aligns with the story because main character man is like getting infected with whatever the hell makes you into those alien things right because they're using that whole like uh they're Im- well in the first game they were immune to it now they're being less immune to it as time goes on the one thing that really bothered me about resistance that one verse two especially with the story was how they went from this man is unique and special to oh yeah they're just a shit ton of you there are actually so many of you we're gonna kill off like half of the characters that we introduce you to in the first cutscene they're in that's how that's how many and expendable of these chimera humans there are fun times resistance what a joke yeah it's the conservation of ninjutsu kind of issue like uh where it's like oh you know we have a hundred of these badass ultra powerful uh you know commandos well uh time for main character to take the stage so like 90 of you need to die right now yep doesn't matter how many names you're given your shirt is red oh absolutely well they were black shirts in that one but yes it's actually funny to think that halo never did take that route despite no despite how they propped master chief as being like the big bad or well the, i said the big bad big bad for the enemies um I guess you could argue that the, him being the last Spartan was kind of like that, but it wasn't like it had anything to do with what have or whatever happened, and it happened off screen. So they didn't like, really like try to prop it up as anything more than that. Well, they were very adamant with the games when it was Bungie game when they were Bungie games specifically. They were very adamant that Master Chief was the only Spartan on screen up until yeah. Reach. Reach is an exception, not the rule. Um, it's they a prequel. Very- yeah. yeah, and they were very adamant about that because they didn't want, like, while they wanted, you know, because Halo's this once-in-a-lifetime event that could happen. It can't, I don't think it can ever happen again to where we have these, like, mass multimedia things all focused in on this one video game. You know, books, mm. comics, etc. Like, I don't think that'll ever happen again. In, not in the same store. Uh, to where you could be literally telling story that invo- affects the game story in a book that will come out between game two and three. Well, or one I mean, there and are two still even. games that try to do it, like uh, World of Warcraft, but for the most part, to success, yeah, you're never going to see it again because yeah, it was no. never successful for World of Warcraft, even. No, and uh, so I, th- but that in mind, you know, there are other Spartans in the universe still alive, even at that time, but. That was never the intention in Bungie's original game. It was, and they were very adamant that while they were in charge of the product, there's only going to be one surviving Spartan two, and that is, you know, John Master Chief, uh, or John Halo, if you nasty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Damn it. Halo uh, is a cool guy. He doesn't afraid of anything. <laughs> well, now he's returned into my dad because AI, uh, <laughs> giving me life <laughs> advice and stuff. Uh, <laughs> but that you know it's between him and Joshua Graham um but uh either way that is like a big deal i think and you know some of the games actually no they never really chased like super they've chased detailed graphics don't get me wrong but they never chased hyper realistic graphics and i think that helps the games hold up in the long run they also didn't brownwash it even when that was the like color pattern at the time um so that went like because they definitely had like desert 
levels or le- levels near deserts or whatever, but mm-hmm. it was never like, and now here's a sepia filter over your game. You know what? A hot take. I actually really like that. <laughs> what, the sepia filter? Not the sepia filter, sorry, but like the, the brown washing. I I always loved desert and like desert themed uh, locales and like settings and stuff like that. Um, definitely an outlier. And it's, it was definitely overplayed. There are some games that do it well. And there are some games that don't like, you know, the only other like FPS game to really tell a good story. Um, shit, what's that one called? It's a uh, it came out around the same time. Let me uh, what was it Spec me, Ops the line Spec Ops. There we are. Like oh, and yeah, that okay, one kind of gets away with it because it's not just brown. It yeah, someday, Vic, I would like you go to go to a desert and tell me if the whole thing's brown. Oh, no, it very rarely <laughs> is. No, I mean, like, maybe in a sandstorm, but outside that, no. It's one of the things uh, Metal Gear Solid Five did right, I think. They they represented the desert accurately. Yeah. yeah um, and don't get me wrong, there are sandstorms. There are times where it's bad and brown. Like, after a sandstorm, everything's fucking brown, too. But, like, having color it helps a lot. It helps doing, like, making things just stand out. Because, like... You, I don't know. You can have an urban environment. Like nobody remembers uh, what that fucking street level in Goldeneye looked like, but oh, they remember fuck. driving around in a tank. Yeah, that's fair. They remember that Nintendo was like, "Yeah, no, you can add grind- bone grinding noises to people that you run over to the tank. We're cool with that." Um, actually, the but the levels you remember in that game are going to be things like that graveyard level where. Uh, suddenly, the people are jumping you after, you know, or the train trying to get that goddamn laser watch to break the fucking panel. That reminds me of uh, another game, um, Soldier of Fortune. That game was, oh. was crazy. Yes. I mean, it was just a Quake clone, but like, you, you, uh, you're fighting like a humans. It's slower Quake clone, but yeah. Well, nonetheless, but yes, they, there are games, again. Games that go out of their way to stand out in a way that instead of chasing the trend, that AAA tries to chase trends. Look at, you know, hot take here, but look at Jedi Survivor, and I'm not talking about its problems. I'm going to talk about, like, the technical problems. That's its own separate issue, uh, which may be patched out by the time we, you know, this episode goes live. Things Um, worth criticizing, not worth dwelling on. Yeah. Yes. Um, But it's. And I'm not even going to balk at the fact that it's the same game done twice. It is. People can tell me otherwise. It's just got a fresh coat of paint on it. It's the same mm-hmm. game done twice. Um, no, what I, but I do agree with one thing they did, which is they let you keep your powers from the last game. Because they would... That's I mean, you one didn't thing have that always, <laughs> Well, yeah, but that's one thing that always bothers the hell out of me in video games, where they're like, oh, this is a sequel to the previous one. Samus. Samus, every game that I she's in. I was literally just about to say yeah. that. <laughs> every, every game Samus is in, she needs to lose her powers in the first 30 minutes. Yeah. It's, a, it's a requirement. Mm-hmm. Um, Same with Kratos. Uh, it's so annoying. It's like, oh, a brand new adventure. Good thing I'm so prepared for it. Oh, no. All my power-ups. Mm-hmm. At least with Dante, that you know, in Devil May Cry, they changed his power ups from game to game, yeah. right? And usually he loses them in a say in the sense that like 
He just, he just didn't stops bring them caring. along. Yeah, he just doesn't care anymore. He's already... He, he truthfully only needs his sword. And to be fair, most players only really use the sword. Like, the other weapons are, like, more for people who are, like, really invested in the game, but... Or, yeah, but it's not because somebody punched him too hard, or all of your suit... Like, your ability to stop time suddenly doesn't work on this guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, how inconvenient. I know, right? <laughs> You know, shit like that. That none of that happens to him. But like, uh, and so that didn't happen to Cal Kestis. But you know, they really focused in on things that are like wow the crowd kind of shit, like the over customization. Who the fuck cares what their lightsaber looks like? They can't see it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's in your hand. Your hand covers like ninety percent of the visible part of the lightsaber. The other part of the lightsaber is the blade color. Don't get That's me wrong, I know I hurt some feelings as soon as I said that. Some people do care, oh, and no. I get that. I'm not... You don't have to defend Star Wars, it's okay. That shouldn't be the selling point of your game. No, it shouldn't. And I think one of the issues that comes up from that kind of stuff is it's literally the over-immersification, over I don't know if that's even a real word, but uh, of video games where, like, sometimes, man, it just, it just needs to be a video game. Sometimes the development time it took to develop like 18 new looking lightsabers that nobody really gives a fucking shit about except for like, you know, little Timmy and Susie who, you know, they need everything to be fucking perfect. It's like, it was unnecessary. It's unnecessary. Yeah. To be fair, it's not that big of a deal either, but it's unnecessary. Right. Well, it's like the poor bastards that had to deal with the fucking shrinking horse testicles in the snow. Like, oh, there yeah. was a better use for their time on that game. Maybe making a functional fucking control scheme, Rockstar. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it, there's plenty of things you can point to in, in a lot of modern gaming that's like that nowadays that just doesn't need to exist. It, again, ultimately not the end of the world, but it's like... It's stuff why? that detracts from the overall experience, in my opinion. Nobody's gonna... Like, in 20 years, if people still think about Jedi Survivor, they're not going to remember the what they're fucking lightsaber uh, rings look like, you know, the parts that are actually not visible. Uh, yeah. No, they're going to remember that cool time they flipped over one stormtrooper, sliced the other guy in half, and then, you know, like, slammed, you know, two other guys off a cliff at the, you know, in the same cool moment while they were on the edge of their health bar. Yeah, exactly. Shit like that. I mean, there's a reason why games like Dark Souls are still beloved in people's minds. It's because... And whenever you do something cool, it's truthfully because you did something cool. <laughs> yeah. Not because the no. game's like, here's your free here's your free fucking corridor where they're shooting at you and they miss automatically, so you're just a badass. Well, you're a badass because the game said so. I was going to say, Jedi Survivor, don't worry, they're cribbing an awful lot fair, off I, of uh, uh, Dark Souls, don't worry. Yeah, to be <laughs> fair, for I the record, I, I, I don't know if anyone actually will care about this, but I, I, the thing I'm referencing was a tutorial level, but still. Yeah. Oh, no, I hope uh, I hope like uh, just full Jedi screen, right? Survivor so. cut from soft to check for you know stealing their game. Well, right. I mean, you know what it did do good though. Something that I think that like people really just are not accrediting the games. Um, they definitely made Dark Souls look a lot better. <laughs> well, <laughs> they, look, what they, they look a lot more appealing now. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> like I have to give it, the but... Jedi Survivor like when somebody who's really good at it plays the game it actually looks really cool but when like if i were to get the game i would look like a lot of people who just play the game on their own uh where cal Kestis does not look cool when an average schmo plays him 
No, he yeah, does not. It, like he does like fair. these weird like half you know half stutter jumps so he can run on the wall. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it's like I didn't hate the original, the first one. I thought it was all right, but like this new one doesn't look special at all. No, I, and it, actually, it's literally they, the compounding issue of it being a mediocre game slapped with a beloved franchise. Right. It, it, actually, I'm willing to bet the actual game part of it is really good. But I watched, like, I legitimately watched, like, a two-hour play, you know, not playthrough, but, like, gameplay of it. And, like, other than some cool set pieces, they might as well have just made it levels. Yeah. Like, there was an awful lot of time wasted going from point A to point B with maybe a couple of customization options, you know, hidden in the crevices somewhere. And that's not... that. Mm, that doesn't sit well with me. I can't quite put my yeah. finger on why that's bad, but it's the same thing that made God of War Ragnarok tedious. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, like it. It's what makes games like um, the Guardians of the Galaxy game be forgettable, despite them being critically well received. You know, most of the audience was really into the game, but like, it has one playthrough in it. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy was a great movie. So people are, uh, are it's, it's fresh on their minds. They already loved the characters. If you read the comic books and you like the comic books, you're going to probably like the game. Just simply due to the fact that it's more of the characters you like. It doesn't right. matter if the game's good. It doesn't matter if it's memorable. It doesn't even matter if the fucking story's truthfully all that great. As long as you get more of the banter and more of the whatever that you're there for. It's kind of like the fucking, what's it called? The Deadpool game. It was oh, not, sure. not a good game. It was not a good game for the record. It, it was abysmal game, but people still played the shit out of it. Um, to be fair, I think that one was critically canned, but still, lots of people bought it, played it. Um, I think for a long, long while after it came out, I saw playthroughs popping up everywhere about the game because the movie had come out. That makes sense, and you're right. It's more of the same, and that's people like more of the same. And, and for don't the get record, me wrong. there's nothing wrong with that. People are allowed to enjoy this shit. You can enjoy all the trash you want. I mean, I fucking watch anime. I get it. I understand. Yeah. And yeah, I'm nev- never going to crib people for liking a particular kind of media as long as it's legal. <clears throat> yeah. Discord yeah. Matt, admin come at me. Um, <laughs> I think ultimately it's just, a, it's just a bummer to see, like, uh, I guess, uh, the Star Wars game that I've just lost the fucking name of because my brain doesn't work. Jedi Survivor. Uh, yes, Jedi Survivor. It, it just sucks to see that sometimes, though, when you think that, like, if it wasn't EA, if it may, maybe even wasn't Star Wars, there's a, there's a world where they probably built a, a fantastic video game that would have been, like, beloved regardless of the fact that it was, you know, Star Wars. Um, and the fact that that's, like, part of the enjoyment is that it's Star Wars just... Um, it falls short for me, I guess. Is kind of where I'm going. There's that. a, that you know, there's a, there's an underappreciated hidden gem waiting for you, victim. It's Scarlet Nexus when you play it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's a toss up. It's like I, I, whatever the fuck beating Tears of the Kingdom is, it's either Scarlet Nexus or it's Xenoblade Chronicles Three. I'm down for either. <laughs> I think you should do Scarlet Nexus first. Because it's just shorter, because, probably. Yes. Yeah. It yeah. is Much shorter. It's much shorter. I just started my second playthrough. I'm only like one sitting into the playthrough and oh my god the girl is so hard to control like yeah they her added... gameplay does not spark joy maybe once i level up probably be better but oh my god 
No, damn. is it like nine S to to be to nine S transition? Yeah, it's like it damn, is. Okay. This is unfun. It, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, but if they still had it part be like primarily action, because at least nine S, like if you wanted to stab things, he could still stab things, right? Yeah. But like this girl, she be, can't stab things. To she be can fair, only the throw hacking mini game. The hacking mini game wasn't too bad. It just got old. Right? It, was, it was okay at first, and it just is like every time you do it, you're like, this is the same fucking thing. Right, right. Same fucking thing every time, man. Come on now. Mm-hmm. And I didn't sign up to shoot like I, when I, you know, when you load up uh, near Automata, you didn't sign up to play a bullet hell, or at least you thought you didn't. <laughs> but like half of that game is a bullet hell. In fact, arguably the most important part of the game is a bullet hell. So with Scarlet Nexus, like playing as the female protagonist is like actually surprisingly challenging. I'm I'm getting through it though, and I'm getting better at it. But like that first tutorial mission is a slog because they're like, use her power in this way, use her power in that way, and use her power in this way. Point two point oh, which is slightly different. You make sure you press all the right buttons in the right Mm -hmm. order because it's combo play on your keyboard. And I mean, the dude had the same tutorial, but when it comes time to learn how to like fight with your sword, it's like, hey, beat that motherfucker upside the head. Press this button, and it, and then you do, and it's fun. Like stab them, <laughs> stab them again, stab them harder, stab them in a way that knocks them into the air, and then jump and stab them some more. And it's like, yeah, oh, exactly. I can do that. Right. No, it, it would be actually, I think a better uh, allegory, Vic, for you would be it'd be like going from playing Dante. To playing an entirely different game, to playing, to playing like Candy Crush, to playing yeah. V, you know in, what? Your, in, in five, it's like <laughs> playing V. Yeah, <laughs> I actually really like playing V. Fuck, <laughs> I was a fucking weirdo. I know. Yeah, you are. Well, um, you might have, you might like playing the girl, but in, in all fairness, V did have some issues that were really grating, and the fact that because you couldn't con- really control what they did, there were some boss fights that just were tedious as all fuck. But I think general general play was actually quite fun. That is the exact same problem. You kind of can't, like, you can and also can't control what she picks up to throw. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, it it's like that soft lock kind of thing. Like, so, you know, you kind of look over it, and if you're too fast looking over it, you're not picking the thing you want up. You're picking the other thing up, which is like throwing a rubber bin versus throwing a car. <laughs> Which is uh, two that. different profiles of damage. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it again. The, it's it's a good game. I sh- like Dylan said. I strongly recommend playing uh, Protag Coon. Oh. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't have a good ending to that sentence. It's <laughs> <laughs> like where are you going with this? Just play Protag Coon. Anyways, uh, shit. yeah, what big else? recommend. Yeah, did we <laughs> have right. anything else that we really? I do, needed? I do. Oh, there, oh sweet. there was cool. There was an, a couple. Uh, well, there was a announcement, the announcement. I'm so fucking excited, guys. So they're making another Mortal Kombat game. Yep. And I'm probably gonna get it on day one. I so it's no secret. I'm actually a big fan of Mortal Kombat. Now I understand as far as competitive fighting games go, it's actually my least favorite. So why do I like Mortal Kombat? That's kind of weird, right? So. Oh, they made a good story, right? <laughs> I, I actually like the story. Like, even before Armageddon, I liked the story. Like, I really liked where they were going with it. It was interesting. It hit all the right notes with me. 
and I really liked all of the characters. I'm super invested. I'm actually really excited to play the Mortal Kombat Deception Vita version. I have that yeah. on my, my Vita right I'm now. I'm wrong, Dylan. Wasn't Mortal yeah. Kombat one of the first fighting games to actually have like a, a story that wasn't just, we're in a tournament and we're fighting each other? Oh, don't worry. They had that story, too. Is it? Oh, like, no, no, no. one, two, and three were the story literally was you fight one guy and then you move to fight the next guy. I definitely least... wouldn't crown uh, Mortal Kombat with the first one to come up with a better story. It's definitely not them. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know who came up with the better story first. I mean, I guess probably Soul Calibur. Yeah, Soul Calibur, actually, probably Soul Calibur if, if or not, yeah. maybe Street Fighter, because Street Fighter does actually have a story okay. other than going around beating people up. That's, That's how uh, you, most of the story starts. I think. I think every Street Fighter story yes. starts like that, but it devol- it devolves into something entirely different. No, you're right because the whole Bison plotline that was in like, well, it wasn't in two, but it was based on two, wasn't it? I think it was two. The problem, so it has. Well, actually, had funny enough, Dead or story. Alive actually has the same basic story as um, the earlier Street Fighters, which is. The evil corp. Well, actually, I guess even uh, Tekken does too. The evil yeah. corporation government thing. The uh, evil Inc. decided, you know what? We should have a martial arts tournament to determine who's the strongest fighters. And then our strongest fighter, the devil, will attack. <laughs> <laughs> the devil. I love Tekken. Got- oh yeah. Well, I was Tekken, gonna say yeah. they had the devil. Um, what is it? Um, Shadowloo had M Bison, who is. Um, yeah. The devil. <laughs> oh, might as well. He, yeah. Qu- yeah, he is. He eats souls. He's the devil. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Dead or Alive actually has the devil as well. It's just in Oni armor. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Dead or Alive had a lot of oh. evil fucking bastards. Yeah, Killer Instinct, also the devil, but yeah, it's a robot. That, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> the robot devil. Yeah, so actually, yes, it is Evil Inc., with our strongest fighter, the devil, versus uh, Protag Kun, who is really good at punching and kicking and can Hadoken or fireball if you're Liu Kang. Fucking Soul Calibur tried to change that with six. And now I think about it, Dylan. <laughs> the, the devil was there, but he wasn't the big bad evil guy this time. I know. Right. Well, the first Soul Calibur, guess what? The devil. He was the devil. <laughs> Fuck, I hate that. That's, that, that I love great. fighting games. Why does that track so well? Well, so if you want to go further back, just Fuck. so you know, because the um, the first not Soul Calibur, um, Soul, uh, I forget Soul the Edge. name of that. Yeah, Soul Edge. In that game, it wasn't actually the devil. It was Nightmare, who was, well, I guess the sword of all evil controlling. Oh, no. Actually, He's no, literally so- probably the devil. Well, actually, no, I think Nightmare's not until Soul Calibur, because I think Soul Edge is Siegfried right after, right before he kills his dad. Isn't, isn't it Inferno yeah. is the actual final boss? That's what it was. Inferno, so Inferno has this problem, well, actually the same problem as uh, Majima and uh, Hitachi, or not Hitachi. Hitachi. Hitachi, yeah, Hitachi, you know, where they just won't stay dead. Uh, he has that same problem. He's like the spirit and the sword. I don't know. It gets convoluted. The The higher number next to the Soul Calibur game, the more convoluted the story is. Actually, I can describe this very well because I based several D&D characters off of Nightmare. So the talking sword is Inferno, right? Inferno is the soul of the sword. Uh, in his final boss form, he just uses the sword because he becomes incorporeal, right? Nightmare yes. is a fleshy avatar that holds the sword. 
Um, and uh, Nightmare is just Siegfried brainwashed. And then, of course, by the time Soul Calibur 3 rolls around, they have enough of Soul Edge, enough Soul Edge fragments to just have a flesh golem be Nightmare. And then Siegfried is his own man. Like, they separate. Yeah, right? so... so you'll love this uh i was actually really invested in soul Calibur one i beat it enough times that i had the complete story in soul Calibur okay, one yeah. um so i beat it with every character to include uh edge master or blade master depending upon uh which outfit you wore that it's the same character though it, it basically it's master roshi he's killix master uh yeah. and when you pick him every round he uh has a random weapon it's great um but the mm -hmm. so the story funny enough is um uh starting with soul edge that game um because it all follows siegfried so right after or right before that game siegfried um is leading a band of marauders uh who are harassing soldiers coming back from war he he kills the leader of a band coming back to his hometown and it dawns on him that he should maybe see who this leader is oh it's my dad so he goes into a uh, catatonic state runs away well semi-catatonic state runs away finds soul edge because soul edge is like mm, tasty man flesh let me <laughs> let me rule this and siegfried's like yeah sure why not i guess i'm you know he does the anakin thing where he's like well now that i'm evil let me go kill everybody that moves and uh, so, yeah, then he becomes the Azure Knight. And yep. by the end of uh, Soul Calibur 1, he is separated. That's why in Soul Calibur 2, Nightmare's alternate skin is like that half-bodied Siegfried thing. Because mm -hmm. they didn't want to actually bring Siegfried back as his own character at the moment. Because they realized like half their roster was just a clone of the other. The devil! <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, might as well be. And so in three, he's gone full like uh, paladin with like superpowers. Because up until that point, the only person who actually had like superpowers was Sophidia, because the Greek or the Greek or Roman pantheon of gods who just exist in this world for yep. some reason sent her back down from Mount Olympia Olympus to kill Soul Edge. Like the fact that Soul Edge is still alive when like I don't know half the cast whole purpose in life is to kill like to break the sword is beyond me because uh, it's a sword when did it start that the, the they, they eventually diverge from that i think it's in three or four oh, where I, everyone is either trying to kill join or steal one of the fucking swords well part of the problem too is they keep changing the lore on the swords in the game because yeah, um, like soul edge is the evil sword Soul Calibur is the good sword. Soul Calibur can break Soul Edge, but everybody has a version of Soul Calibur. Everybody has a version of Soul Edge, and the only person who actually has Soul Edge, well, the only two characters, I think, at least as far as like three, because I'm sure that they've given more characters canon Soul Edge since then, were Siegfried and Cervantes. Yeah, and Cervantes oh. was dead the whole time. If I remember correctly, it was insinuated that both versions, uh, Edge and Caliber, can basically be turned into any other form and, based on their wielder or some shit. Yeah, I but, mean, and Maxi we don't talk about Soul Caliber Five Victim. Yeah, and then Maxi. <laughs> yeah, okay. is, that's a fair fucking point, but yeah, it, I think it, they, it's still technically canon, right? Yeah, they kill some of the characters too, but then they Run revive them as well. Because like Maxi, in canon, dies in the first game, yeah. and then is 
alive in the third game, and they're just like, yeah, he's alive. He's always been alive. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. The, he didn't have a death scene in his uh, in his outro. <laughs> what I understand is that it was one of those. He was gravely injured, but he survived somehow. Even though he pretty much, I don't know how somebody survives what happened to him. Well, no, he, he like in his ending, he dies. Like everybody has their own ending, and the mm -hmm. the endings are not mutually exclusive. They tell a whole uh, story in the first game. Yeah. So Killick seals away the sword because, like, it's up until that point. Because uh, in his uh, thing, it's listed as his weapons are the bow staff and the mirrors. So you're like, well, he, he doesn't use the mirrors in any of the moveset. And in his ending, it and the endings are basically just like uh, pick like um, the devil uh, still image. Well, it <laughs> is the devil, uh, but it's still images. <laughs> but in that he uses the mirrors to seal away uh, Inferno. Basically, it it's the mirrors are the Ghostbuster machine. Basically, you love to see it. Yeah. And then so you get through all these, you finish with uh, Edgemaster, his teacher, and he's like, well, Killick, I need to show you how to prevent evil. So I'm going to become evil. And fight you. No, that's literally it. That, yep. that is Edgemaster's canon ending in the series is, I'm going to fight my greatest pupil to the death to show him how to fight evil. He's living up to the name. Yeah. Edgemaster. <laughs> and, and that's why he's not in the other games, because Killick had to kill him. Yeah, as I was gonna say, Goku kills Master Roshi. That is how he completes his training, apparently. They, they retcon that in Soul Calibur 6. It's a reboot. Right. Oh, sure. Why that not? it completely retells Soul Calibur one with a little bit more cutscenes, right? Um, and I mean, it's basically just as you described. But Edgemaster doesn't like turn evil. He definitely fights Keelik, right, and definitely makes him strong. But whatever. Um, and Inferno is still the devil. But the most important thing about Soul Calibur six is that there's this DLC where you can get two B, and then. It's important that you get this DLC because you can then take all the female characters and put them in Tubi's outfit. <laughs> it's Very essential. Yeah. Yes. It is 100% essential, and you should do it to every single character. Uh, anyway, it's Mortal Kombat, right? So it's called MK1, but it's a sequel. And what I mean by that is you probably didn't play MK11 because uh, you, you guys aren't like MK crazy like I am. So in Mortal Kombat 11... Uh, events progress in such a way where there's a bit of a reboot of the universe, like in the climax of the of the story. And it's like, it's their only way out of the mess that they're in, right? And Liu Kang, having assumed Raiden's role as protector of Earthrealm and god of fire, um, is like, all right, I'm the god now, and I have the hourglass. I'm going to reshape the world as I see fit. And that's kind of how MK11 ends. There's some DLC called MK11 Aftermath, that is also very good. Um, and it's just more of the same kind of story. And then it kind of ends in the same way where, except you could choose Shang Tsung if you want him to win for some reason, but it's like between the two of them fighting over the hourglass. And then, so Liu Kang gets his final victory and is like, all right, I'm going to reboot the universe and make it in my image in a way that I think is more mo better. And uh, we just got the trailer like a day or two ago. Of course, it's May 19th as we record this. It's probably going to come out in a couple days, the episode. Um, but we got the trailer. It was just a tra it was just a teaser trailer. There's no gameplay in it, uh, but it looks great. It looks absolutely great. Um, Liu Kang is still the god of fire. Uh, they kept that, right? But it takes place in his new timeline that he created at the end of the last game. So we're expecting a reboot. 
we have seen a couple of returning characters in this first uh, trailer, uh, but we've only seen a few. Like we've seen Scorpion Sub Zero. You knew they were coming back. We've seen Katana and Melina. We knew they were coming back. They're fan favorites. Uh, yep. but we ain't seen anybody else. So except Luke Kang, of course. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, now, one thing to know is, is I mentioned earlier, I'm going to elaborate on this now because I feel like I owe, I owe the audience an explanation, right? I said that of all the competitive fighting games, Mortal Kombat's probably the worst, even though it's my favorite. Um, it's not my favorite because I'm good at it or I necessarily even enjoy playing it. Uh, I like it for everything else about it. Like, I like the look. I like the story. I like the characters. And I like the, all the, the single player content. Like, they, they do a really good job of that, even in the newer ones. But it's a little bit more gotcha more a little bit more like sort of like surprise mechanic, I guess I'll say. Right? It, it has a lot of uh, injustice built in now. Yeah. Made by the they're same people. very much. Yeah, I was going to say they're very much the same game with uh, mm -hmm. different characters. So NetherRealm Studios has gone out of their way to find ways to get people to log in and play a little bit every day, rewarding them with that in-game currency to get slightly different outfits and little power-ups for your f the mode that has the power-ups and it's like i get it that sweet sweet skinner box actually right. <laughs> they, they found a way to monetize the game that makes you keep coming back and you know what they're pioneers at that because i remember the ps2 era right mortal kombat deadly alliance deception armageddon they had this system called the mk coins where you you earn these different coins as you play, and that's how you unlock things in the vault, like behind-the-scenes footage, alternate costumes, uh, extra fatalities that are not the first two that you get, right? Um, and little things here and there. And I would play those games day in and day out to get more of those coins to clear the crypt, right? You could not buy these coins with money because it was the PS2 era, and that just wasn't a thing, right? And so long as um, I can achieve it without paying real money, I will do the same in the new game. Though I'm sure they're more than happy to sell coins to someone with less time than I do. Uh, though that's an understatement. I have less time than everyone, so I will, I'll be real tempted. But I will, I will be steadfast. Don't worry. <laughs> but uh, I'm still looking forward to the game a lot, uh, just because I really like Mortal Kombat. But uh, I'm still more excited for like Tekken 8. Tekken is my favorite. I think of all the competitive fighting games, I'm also really good at it, right? Um, Soul Calibur, I'm also really good at, but Soul Calibur Six was kind of recent, right? It's the most recent of those fighters that are competitive, so I'm not expecting a new one. Like, I think we'll see another DLC season of Soul Calibur Six before we see another Soul Calibur game, uh, but they haven't announced it yet, so I think Soul Calibur Six might be done. Uh, but I'm looking forward to Tekken Eight with much enthusiasm. There's also a new Street Fighter game come out. It's going to be a good year for fighting games. They're all coming out this year. Like Mortal Kombat 1 comes out in September of this year, which is really cool to hear because normally when new games get announced, it's like, oh, coming in 10 years. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. 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 Hey, you know what? Maybe our children or our children's children will enjoy Star Citizen. OK, yeah, yeah. one day. But I digress. Uh, I have a couple more things to cover before we wrap up the show. So um, while I was on vacation, I beat Xenoblade, talked about that. Uh, I also started listening to the Sandman audiobook. I don't know if you, you've read Sandman, uh, Rick or Vic. Um, are you familiar with what that is? Uh, it doesn't really sound familiar. I mean, aside from what the context. Yeah, but... so, so Sandman is a comic from Vertigo Comics, which got bought by DC at some point. Uh, it is a Neil Gaiman 
comic book about um this like this dude who's like the personification of dreaming and sleeping right and so his name is dream you know like a friend that we know ha <laughs> maybe and that they people refer to him as that and so it's a comic about this character he gets captured in the first episode by some human spellcaster people and he, they imprison him for a while he breaks out of course and um it changes him and the rest of the comic is just his arc of changing as a person, even though he is like an ageless creature that um, was pretty set in his ways before. Right. And it's a cool story. Right. And it's totally like part of the DC canon, like John Constantine's in it. It's cool. Right. The Justice League's in it. But like, so at some point in 2020 uh, and all the way through 2022, Amazon made all three parts because there's there's three omnibuses you could buy of the graphic novel right i i've mm. read the first one i had not read the other two uh amazon took all three of those and they adapted it to an audiobook format but it's more like a play because like you have a narrator at, who is describing the scene because it's a graphic novel right it's not just a novel you can read aloud verbatim like you would read a, a physical book right like and the the narrator is also the author of the original graphic novel, Neil Gaiman, which is very convenient. Um, and he basically will describe things to the reader. Um, and then the characters will talk to each other like it's a play, talking over each other. They all have their own voice actors. They got some really good talent as well. Like the main character is voiced by James McAvoy, which is a really good actor. I really like him. He plays uh, Professor X in X-Men First Class, if you've ever seen that. Uh, it's that dude, right? Um and then uh, they got a bunch of other really great actors to play all the other characters. Big recommend. Uh, so I, I was been listening to that. I'm, I'm through act one. I'm starting act two. It's very entertaining. I bring it up because during my break, I also watched the, the Netflix show for Sandman that came out this year. Now, I'm a big fan of Sandman because I even though I've only read the first act, but um, I actually skipped on the Netflix show because uh, it didn't look very good. Because, you know, it's a Netflix original, so they have to change a bunch of shit, right? <laughs> um, and the first thing you'll notice is they also race-swapped a bunch of characters. And I I might add unnecessarily. Like, Sandman was pretty progressive for its time. Like, they really didn't need to race-swap all those fucking characters. But they did, and, you know, I watched it, and it was, it was fine. The characters that they changed, like, the changes that they made were kind of irrelevant to their purpose. Um, and some of the changes that were made uh, were made to make the plot make a little bit more sense for a TV show. Like they took one of the villains from the later parts of Act One and made him show up in the earlier parts to kind of tie together like that there's a single malicious force causing all this drama in the dude's life, right? Mm, so they Final Fantasy seven it. Yeah, instead of making it a villain of the week, <laughs> right? Because the Act One originally reads like a villain of the week. Oh, I um, and that doesn't work for a 10 episode Netflix show, uh, right? Not very well anyways. Right. So I, I get why they did that. Um, and I'm fine with that change. And I mean, some people are probably going to see all the race swapping and think that it's like woke garbage. Right. But like the characters that they swapped, their race was kind of irrelevant. Uh, the only one that I thought was weird was there's this one character that they race swapped. And part of the backstory was uh, this is it's an old lady, right? who came from old money and that's relevant because she has money for her granddaughter to go do some stuff without having to have a job. And also uh, she inherits this money and it makes her life better at the end. Right. And it's like, okay, so then they race swap this character and it's like, okay, so this, the time that this, this show takes place, like, like, like black people didn't really have a really good time in, in, in Britain in that era. Like 
I don't know how many how many rich black people there were in that era. It almost felt like unrealistic, right? Um, but they went out of their way to kind of explain where they got money, which it wasn't explained in the comic. It's like they're it's an old white rich family, old money it doesn't require an explanation. They're British, right? Whereas in this one, like the the girl's dad was like invented a sugar company that's basically Splenda, right? And it's like that makes sense. You know what? They did the extra work to make the 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 swapping decisions that they made make sense. And I was like, they probably didn't have to do that, but I appreciated it because it was kind of a big change. But like, it was all right. Yeah, and actually, I think that's a good point with the race swapping. Like, if the race of the character doesn't matter, then it's not race swapping. I don't feel like. Yeah, not- well, it was a graphic novel, so it's like they had a very distinct look, right? Yeah. And you did mention that they were in, or I assume that it's all in Britain, if uh, or primarily in Britain. Yeah, it's all over the place, really. Yeah. So, but like in parts, honestly, you just have people match the parts of the world they're from, like they're in. That would make sense. Some of these characters are from literal hell, or from all these fantastical eras. They are. Yeah, they could have green skin and it would still be fine. Like, it's kind of irrelevant in a lot of cases. Um, but uh, I bring it up because e- despite all the extra work they did to make their changes make sense, I would still say that the audiobook is a lot better. Not only does it cover more of the thing, it's also a literal retelling of every chapter. Uh, it takes no shortcuts like the TV show has to. And so I definitely recommend the audiobook, but I was actually surprised that the Netflix show wasn't that bad. Normally, Netflix originals, like, uh, think of all the anime movies they make, like the Full Metal Alchemist movie, the Bleach movie, the Death Note movies, both of them. I like to not think about those things. Like, those are Netflix originals, too, and those are pretty bad, right? But, like, the Sandman yeah. one was surprisingly okay, and they renewed it for a second season, and I planned to watch it. So, I mean, if you thought the trailer was a little cringy, um, don't worry, it got better. Uh, it got a lot better, actually. And there was a lot of shots in the the whole cinematography of it all that were like shot for shot with panels out of the comic that I recognized. Like they obviously did their homework. I mean, I mean the guy that wrote the book was part of the show. He even voiced a character. So like, I get it. Right. They had the creator on board and they did the homework and I was, I was just pleasantly surprised. You know, that, that shit doesn't happen very often. Normally Netflix just like shits all over the legacy of whatever they adapt. Well, of course. Well, in in fairness, sometimes that's because it doesn't translate well. Other times it's Mm -hmm. because it's anime and they know better than the creators. Just ask them. Yeah. And Netflix doing character race swaps is usually like a really big red flag that they're going to fuck it up. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. It's also kind of racist. If you think about it, it's like a lot of the race swaps that they do, they do it to like get woke points. But like oftentimes the resulting character like is completely divorced from their blackness. Right. And it's like not representative at all. Or they go out of their way to make them um, urban. Right. And then it's like it comes off as racist there. Or they uh, change the world so much because while the characters are race swapped, no one ever makes a mention of their race. And so it's like you've created an unrealistic utopia that is so divorced from our reality, we can't relate to it. Or yeah, or they'll do other <laughs> weird things like uh, what was it? The Witcher giving the uh, the bad b- bad guy faction uh, penis helmets. Oh God! Literally, because it, I think one of the one of the writers for that said it was literally because men bad. I didn't know about that. Yeah, and I watched but, that show. But the fuck? Now that I've said that, 
you I won't can, be able to unsee it. Yeah, the penis helmets. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Although that's actually are you going to watch the uh, you know the, well I heard second season was kind of mid. Uh, are you going to watch season three? I haven't even gone back for season two. Like, okay. <laughs> I will one time eventually because like Destiny watched it. She said it was pretty good, right? Um, but like they they Henry Cavill already left the show over creative differences, and so I. I know he's filmed season three already, uh, but I don't have much faith in it, and I'm definitely not going to watch it without him, right? Um, well, yeah, why he, would He's you? a nerd like us, and he left over creative differences. They obviously are going to murder the source material, so... I, I was just going to say that, like, I feel like after season one, I just didn't really feel the need to watch anymore. It felt... It was good, but I just... I felt like everything had peaked, and I just didn't want to see anymore. <laughs> What I heard about season two is that's the start of the uh, creative differences being that uh, it, it started turning into uh, Geralt not being Geralt because uh, hmm. they needed him to be different for plot purposes rather than making a good plot. Yeah, they were probably starting to lean into the video game, which in the video game, it makes a lot more sense that Geralt is wildly different because he's an RPG character there. <laughs> but in the book, he's not. Make, you can make decisions as you see fit yeah. in that. Uh, no, I think it was to, they were starting to make it um, about another character, just riding on Geralt's coattails to make it happen kind of the issue. Do you know you which know, character it was by chance? I th think it's one of the female characters. Because I know Siri does take a front seat uh, during I some think, of the books. Yeah, I don't know if it's Siri or not. Uh, but it's not right away that that happens. It's, it's, yeah, a, while, it's a while I, in, I think. I, I want to say they were turning it into the Siri show, but it could have been for one of the other female leads. Which is not a problem if it's their show. Yeah, I was gonna it's say, the if, same if it was problem. like Yennefer or Triss, then it's just fan service. They, well, I don't, I don't think the story ever primarily follows them for well, Yennefer longer than Triss, a little bit. Yeah, Yennefer and Triss, for all of who they are, ultimately are prizes for Gerald because that is the style of book that is written. Um, yeah, nothing I mean, they're, they're, they're badass they're characters, characters in their own right, but that is. If we had to boil everything down to like like the writing principles of it all, that is essentially what they are. Yes. Yeah, they are. They are his love triangle. Yeah. Um, because they know about the other and they don't care for the other, but at the same time, as long as one of them one of them gets Gerald, then their purpose in the story primarily. Obviously, they have different purposes in different parts of stories, but like their purpose overall is for one of them to sleep with Gerald, if not both. <laughs> Although I think there is canon, like uh, it's Yennefer, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think that is the actual, but it doesn't. I believe matter. so, but yeah, it doesn't I, yeah. really matter. Yeah, for me at least, they're interchangeable. I'm not, <laughs> like, uh, they're, mm -hmm. they're there for, for to look pretty. The point I'm just trying magic. to get across is that Netflix has a really bad track record with the adaptations. Oh, yeah, they but do. The Sandman one that they did was okay. They definitely oh, changed good. a lot of shit, though, but it was okay. Well, as long as it's okay, right? Yeah, it was absolutely serviceable, and they didn't change anything that really mattered, which was surprising. <laughs> um, and one other thing to mention is today... May 19th in the year of our Lord 2023. Um, 
Sleep Token dropped their new album that I've been waiting for since fucking January. And I've been listening to it on repeat ever since I woke up this morning. And I can't think about anything else. <laughs> oh, no. So I don't know if I ever told you about this band, Victim. So imagine it's it's like Ghost. But instead of being vaguely satanic as a joke, it's like vaguely Christian, but it's not a joke. Right. Oh. Um, it's not really, really Christian either. Like they, they dress up and they wear masks and they look spooky, but like their, their music's really beautiful and really awesome. And their full album finally dropped. They've been dropping like two songs at a time since January, like every other month. Right. Hmm. Um, that's a pretty solid release schedule. Yeah. And then we, until we had like fucking half the album and then they just dropped the other half of the album today. Oh, and cool. it's real fucking good. I strongly recommend it to anyone. I don't know how to describe their musical style. It's kind of whiplash. Oh, what's but, the um, name again? Sleep Token. So, I mean, on on a, at a high level, it's a metal band, right? However, their music is, in fact, individual songs may whiplash between like growling vocals that are hard to understand to fucking uh, melodic tunes that are really beautiful to um, like fucking jazz. Like it's a whiplash and sounds like something I, up my alley. I'll be real. I, I yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you have noticed the songs that get pushed to our, our mutual album on uh, Spotify. But <laughs> I don't look very often. I tune into that every once in a while. And uh my my musical taste is so weird and varied at this point in my life. Because, mm-hmm. like, as you know, Blue Stolly is my favorite band, but, like, this album was the make or break for Sleep Token, and I think they, they comfortably dethroned Blue Stolly for my favorite band, but I understand that all it's going to take for Blue Stolly to retake the throne is to make more fucking music, yeah. right? Like, I, he, like, put out three albums that were together a pretty good piece of work, but on their own individually, I thought were a little mid- like they each have a couple highlight songs and several lowlights. Like he should have just probably just made one album with all the highlights and it would have been a banger. Yeah. Uh, d- but it's his, it's his creativity. Like he could do whatever he wants. Right. Yeah. Um, just give me one more new album that has his unique style of just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. I love that. Right. Sleep token kind of does the same thing, but it's a little bit less spastic than blue Stolly and a little bit more intentional. <laughs> I was just thinking about this the other night too, because like I still get Sarlilar songs pushed to me on like Spotify and YouTube and stuff. His music has kind of gone downhill. I I don't yeah. like Clayton's stuff that much anymore. I don't but like Blue Stolly. Kind of stayed the course. I mean, it's it's new and it's different. He didn't just re he, you know he didn't just remake his old shit over and over and over again. But like, um, it just, I think Clayton needs to retire. I think yeah. so too. I, I think he's is very old at this point for like mu- music industry standards. He also owns his own label, and the new talent in his label is really fucking good. Yeah, it is. Like, I subscribe to some of their playlists on Spotify where it just showcases all their new shit, and it's like, I'll see artists I had not heard of yet, and I'll click their music, and it's excellent. And it's like, oh, excellent taste, Clayton. Good selection. Yeah, after after the four-part album that he did, I think he kind of just nosedived. End of the Empire was really good. I would say that for, I mean, we've, we've talked about the drama before, or the potential drama. I mean, nothing's ever really come out. Um, and, and genuinely has nothing to do with that. I just, every, like, uh, like Spotify's release radar will push every new song he has to me. And I just, every time I listen to like it, I'll, I'll skim through a little bit to see if it's something I want to listen to at the moment. And it's never is, never, huh? it never is. 
And yeah, that's, that's sad, I fucking I love I saw Lord used to be my favorite band. I just I don't like what he pushes anymore. It's weird. Mm-hmm. He used to be my favorite too, man. I mean, Blue Stolly, he was neck and neck with Blue Stolly for a long time. And I mean, they were like really good friends at the time. So yeah. it made sense. And it's like, I don't know what happened between them, but Brett's happy. He's got the rights to his music. He prob- That probably went really well for him, right? Clayton's doing his own thing. He's got new talent on his label. His label's doing great. <laughs> They're probably on their own doing really well. Yeah. But like, I don't really like sell Dollar's new shit either, man. Good thing they put out their best stuff already. That way everybody can hear that. Yeah, like the old stuff. Like, I'll put that shit on every playlist. It's so good. Timeless classics. Oh, yeah. No, like Switchback. Like, mm. Switchback. Yeah. His, his whole first album, pretty good. Yeah, the whole first album. The first two albums are actually really good. And I then like the end first of, three, actually. End of the Empire but, is very good. Yeah, I was going to say, end, end of the Empire is pretty good. I think, I don't know. I think he's got every, I think every album he's got is pretty good up until he, I guess he doesn't really make albums anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, it's all EPs now. And it's yeah. like, there's no hype. And his YouTube presence is just gone. Like, part of what made M- End of the Empire so special was that he was regularly uploading to YouTube all the behind the scenes stuff and all the yeah. like QA sessions that he would do. And uh, he released the album in four chunks that had all these like special little extra things. I bought each one. Like I have a CD for each chunk of the album because what he would do is he would put like two or three tracks on a CD and then have like five of his favorite artist friends remix his songs, the ones that are on that album disc. And you get like an eight track little EP, a fourth of an album, which is just two songs and five remixes. And the remixes were usually really good. Right. <laughs> Looking him up on Spotify, it's <laughs> fans also like, and then Blue Stall is the first one ahead of his other bands. Oh my god! Yeah, that will never change. Something, something about that's yeah. so funny to me. Their styles are just intrinsically linked forever, and yeah. I think that's okay. They don't have to be on the same level. It's the same genre, so why wouldn't it yeah. be right? Yeah. To be clear, victim, Sleep Token is not in this genre. It is not electronic oh, rock at all. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> That's fine. I it just if we're talking about it, so it came to mind. But I think there's a lot going on in their songs that you would like. So I definitely would recommend you give them a listen. Uh, just as I would recommend the listeners uh, to use a new podcasting app from newpodcastapps.com. Uh, this is a value for value show, but we haven't gotten a boost in a while, probably because we don't upload as regularly as we once did. But you know what? That's all right. Oops. We do this for fun. But if you send us a boostagram, we will read it out on the air. You know what? As long I as we better, remember to. I had better check that we don't have any to read. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of zaps lately on Noster. Um, I've been making a couple shit posts here and there, right? Yeah. Um, on the Noster network. And my my lightning wallet on Fountain is my lightning wallet on Noster. And so sometimes I'll make a bunch of shit posts and people will like tip me sats. Um, even though I totally stole those images from another website and reposted them. It's great. Yeah, that's the internet at this point. You're good. But sats is technically real money, which is crazy. Like, it's like, you must have really liked my shit post. All right. That's like, a, that's like three cents right there. <laughs> that's like a Canadian dollar. Like, <laughs> Old Canadian dollar. I'm kidding. Uh, no, I just checked. We don't have any boostergrams to read, but you know what? That's all good. But if you send them, they will be read. I think we should wrap up. So, Victim, uh, the viewers can find you streaming more than you probably should for your own health oh, on God. Zelda Breath of the Wa- or Breath of the Kingdom. The- yeah. I took two days off 
and it's been <laughs> so I, I've streamed five days now, and I have sixty hours clocked. I I just I literally just calculated it while we were while we were talking earlier. Uh, I think it's at like fifty nine and a half uh, hours. So I'm I'm <laughs> that's a long time. That's that's half of every day I've played pretty much almost. The game's got you in a chokehold. I get it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like all those goth girls got the rest of us, right? Yep. That's right. Here's the kingdom is my goth girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, a tempting man. episode title, but I'm going to refrain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to keep it. All, all right. right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We're keeping these episode links under control at last. It's for my own benefit. We'll see you next <laughs> time. See you.